Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. We ain't nothing but some cheese, We ain't nothing but some cheese, yeah. Cheese on the podcast. Podcast coming to you live on this second of September. Coming up on some of the best times of the year when it comes to sports fans, for me specifically, and all the other people out there who enjoy watching football. Um, had college football come back yesterday. Had a array of uh, highlights put out there from uh, House of Highlights on Instagram and things like that, where you see some of the most wild plays happen as. Sports continue to evolve and see a bunch of whole crazy things going on. But um, also got stuff going on in the boxing world, obviously. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. But um, speaking of not being here, I know that to have a show for the midweek, <clears throat> um, that's usually on Wednesdays, 7 o'clock Pacific time, 9 p.m. Central time, where we'll host uh, from – the middle of America in Houston, Texas, and um, got pushed to uh, Thursday. And, uh, uh, you know, there's this farmer's market thing that goes on downtown Thursdays. And I think it's uh, until the end of October, something like that. So basically, the whole city's out like that and stuff over where I'm at in Hanford, California, 559, Nick Nick Uh So it's out there. Um, had a couple of a uh, couple glasses of wine out there because I'm done drinking beer. Uh, announcement that I made on uh, on my uh, social media handle at RC show or RC underscore show on Snapchat, where pretty much everything goes on. I will not be drinking beer for the rest of my life. I had one um, a couple of days ago, and it was really really gross, which is the first time I ever thought that. Uh, so. Been having me some wine lately. And yeah. It's been getting me a little twisted. So um you know, I, I know I was supposed to be on I, I seen Willa text me saying that he's trying to get it going, so I figured, oh well, he must not he must not have this thing going on. Because I know sometimes Block Talk Radio messes with us during the week, especially at the time that we do uh, the midweek show. Sometimes there's uh some technical difficulties that go on or whatever, whatever. No it's um been having a lot more drinks as of recent, and the first step in healing yourself is admitting when something's wrong, and I'm here today to admit that I have a problem, 
because I want to progress myself and get better. So my problem that I would like to announce today is Oh, man, we've been having a fun time going on these last few days. Um, took up the, the style of females that Willa likes to tag me on the gram with. And boy, we got some waves, man. <laughs> Big booty bitches is the problem that happened recently for the last few days, and it's been a, a roller coaster of a, of a ride. But um, I'm glad to say that I'm here today, and um, we'll be back regularly scheduled as we do on Wednesdays, but I'm just having a really good time today. Um, <clears throat> another long night, but that doesn't matter. Long nights, early mornings, that's how we do it around here. So um, I'm extra hyped today because not only is it a glorious Sunday and we got football back, but we, for me, we got UM playing today at 4.30, taking over Dallas, Texas today against LSU, which I'm looking real forward to putting a feather in the cap of the U and which would be from the likes of an SEC conference team being LSU. It's always nice when you can take out the big boys over there because they play real football in the SEC. The way I, I describe football in the SEC opposed to, let's say, a conference like uh, the Big Ten, let's say there's a punt situation for both conferences. In the Big Ten, the punter's going to punt the ball, the receiver's going to uh, make a fair catch, He's going to give the ball to the referee. They're going to shake hands. They're going to go to the sideline in their respective corners. The band's going to play some whack-ass music. The commentators are going to sound like they can make you fall asleep during a street fight. And it's just boring football. That's not – it's boring football. That's not the kind of football I like to see. Now, when you talk about the – ain't no fair catches. You're going to catch the ball. You want to make a man miss. Make some moves, or you're going to get your ass lit up. going to be some shit talking afterwards. Referees might get involved and stick somebody. If you remember not so long ago, well, it actually was a little long ago, there was a, a quarterback from uh, South Carolina that I know his, uh, his last name was Garcia. I can't remember the first off the top of my head, but he was scrambling, and they were in the red zone. It looked like he tried to get to the end zone for a touchdown. And for some reason, uh, SEC official just stiffed him with a shoulder right to the chest. Like, he was in the way, but his, you could tell his, his muscle memory and natural instincts went back to when he used to play football, which he was a captain for uh, one of the teams in the SEC. I can't remember exactly who it was. But, you know, just like that, SEC football is a little bit different than a lot of other conferences of football. But fortunately for us in the ACC, we got squad, too. We had uh, Clemson, who took out Alabama recently and all that good stuff in the national championship. But we got squad. Just look it up, who's coming out to ACC. But anyway, enough of all that. I'm just hyped about football today. So let's take it to my man, Will out in Houston, Texas. We see how things are going over on his side as I cleanse myself, admitting what my problem has been as of recent, and also just expressing the hype that's going on for Sunday. Because I know last year, talking about Miami for the 8-0 start that we had when we were trending, trending trailblazing the, the, the college football world with the famous turnover chain that just took over the college football world as of last year. Well, look, 
What's going down with you, my man? How are you today? Because I'm hyped. Man, man, hey, I know you're hyped, but you're probably going to be drinking a whole bunch of wine. Good thing you hopefully, good thing you're off tomorrow because it's going to be a long night for you. Uh, boy's probably going to catch that L to a sorry team, a sorry LSU really? team. Just showing you that, yeah, yeah, LSU is probably pretty trash, but they're big boy football. And as we saw last year, I think y'all were eight no until y'all played like a big somebody that was good, right? I can't remember who was it. Was it like uh, who did they lose to last year? Well, it's not. Well, let me correct you first of all. It's not losing because we met some big boys and all that. We lost because we lost Mark Walton for the rest of the year, which was our number one offensive threat. A guy who had 200 and plus, I think 211 yards on four carries, which I've never seen in football before. Uh, Pretty good guy who got drafted to the Cincinnati Bengals. So, yeah, the wheels started falling off when we lost our best player. But I believe Miami's first loss last year went to um, Pittsburgh. It wasn't even a really good team. We lost a hit on the road in the morning. So, uh, yeah, that was one of the bad trap games where the offense just couldn't get it going after we lost our best player, man. And then, you know, we met we met some other teams that it just it – just, it just, we never got back up off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Injuries. Well, injuries, brother. Injuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing about being a big – with the big dogs because – like uh, Alabama, uh, well, like Alabama showed you, your, your second t- your second string guy should be just as good as your first string guy. That's what happens in the SEC. You know, and the big dogs usually, you know, and the big, you know, there's schools here and there that do it, but you know, when you when one guy goes down, especially, I think that was your running back, especially that running back, those coming down and does Yep. So, but yeah, man, uh, like you said, ain't nothing much. Ain't too much going down this week. It's a lot of build up, a lot of shit talking for fights coming in the future. You know, our boy, you know, one of um Outsiders Boxing Podcast favorites, one of our guys had a fight on Facebook uh this week. So, you know good Who's good that? That, was, uh, that was I think that was the only thing, huh? Who's our guy Hello? that fought on Facebook? I don't know. Who's our guy was fought on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember our guy. Facebook our guy put in, put in to get whoop the uh, whoop the grown man this weekend, giving him that counter that counter uh, counter boxing lesson. You didn't see that? I got. Oh, oh, your I guy, seen, really? I, no, I, I don't. I don't like Ryan Garcia. I seen him get stunned oh, in the seventh round. The real Garcia. Garcia. Hey, oh man, the, that's right. The real Garcia. You know that. You've got you've got Mikey Garcia, you've got Danny Garcia, then you've got the real Garcia, Ryan. That's what that's what his uh, name should be, Ryan the real Garcia. Putting oh, in that God. work, Beat, beating the grown man this weekend, dog. That's just gonna let you know he's gonna be legit, dog. Hey man, there's a few of these young guys out here beating grown ass man up. It's uh, pretty embarrassing. They're gonna be the you know Shakur. Garcia, got some good good boxing coming up. What's the other young guy's name? Is Hanley Young? Devin Hanley? 
I don't know if he's Devin Hanley. I mean, it, it, I, I don't know how young he is, but I know for sure. Ryan Garcia definitely is young, and Oscar De La Hoya's got a lot of stock put into the kid. And I'm not a big fan of the guy, but I was a fan of his press conference uh, or post-fight conference, I should say. Not conference, but post-fight interview uh, where he kind of well, – well, let's just get to it. Let's just get to it. Because Ryan Garcia had a fight on Facebook, as Willa mentioned, with Carlos Morales. Uh, which was one of the most, uh, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but it was the most garbage of a promotional deal they had on ESPN where they have a face-off and, and Ryan Garcia barely puts his hands on him as he pushes him. And it was just so fake. Golden Boy is such a piece of shit boxing promotional company with Oscar De La Hoya. It's so garbage. When I seen this, it was like, why the fuck? If you're going to at least have it staged, and you're going to at least do it WWE style, and you're going to at least have these guys know that someone's going to push them and you want to try to sell it, at least can shirt off or something. Push them really hard. Do something. But don't just barely touch the man like you're pushing him, like what you want to do when it's just like it was almost as bad as uh, porn stars that try to act with some sort of a cosplay or, or some sort of a, a, a scenery. <gasps> I don't have any money to pay for this pizza. How am I supposed to reward you for this? Like, how am I supposed to pay you back? It was on that. It was on that level of of trash when it comes to the face off that they had at ESPN. Um, I, I couldn't get enough of it. But um, nonetheless, Ryan Garcia looked good for the first six rounds of the fight until the seventh round when he actually caught uh, a left straight where he tried to give that counter. It might have been a right. Uh, it was a straight, nonetheless, that caught him right, right on the on the nose as he tried to get that counter hook in, but he was just late. And uh, you know what? It was a left because when Carlos Morales threw that left straight, he picked his right hand up to guard that left counter that Garcia threw late, and it was perfect. Uh, Garcia got wobbled for a second, and um, I think a lot more people had the fight closer than what it, what it was originally scored, which was 8-2 for Ryan Garcia. And um, as I mentioned, I, I, I'm a fan a little bit of the way Ryan Garcia said that he thought the fight was a lot closer than that. Usually you don't hear a fighter that won the fight on such a lopsided decision victory saying that they think the fight was a lot closer than that. Oscar De La Hoya was probably pissed off that he said that. And um, I think if we could have some sort of fighters that, you know, had some lopsided victories, like say, uh, uh, um, let's say Canelo Alvarez in his first fight with Gennady Golovkin when the first scorecard that was read was 118 to 112 for Canelo. Like, who's seen that? That's garbage. And if he was to mention something like that at the end, like, oh, I don't, I think the fight was a lot closer than that or whatever. Maybe we could have some sort of a trend change in the crookedness of boxing. But we know Oscar De La Hoya always got somebody in that bag. Um, these judges are they're not really hard to buy off. You could always find one. And uh, I think, you know, <clears throat> watching it on and off yesterday, it uh, looked like Ryan Garcia was taking care of early work. And then, uh, you know, he started to get a little bit in the deep water. Not, not too much, but it got at least competitive. And, um, you know, I think that he uh, – I think that it could have been um, – I think he give the other fellow three rounds maybe. Uh, but Ryan Garcia definitely um, looked good regardless of, uh, of, the, of the shot he took that got him stunned. The only thing that I look at that is the cause for concern is, is if he wants to fight a guy like Javante Davis. And as they asked him afterwards, here's the bad part about 
his post-fight interview. Are you ready for Javante Davis? And he completely avoided the question. He said, I'm young. I'm uh, looking to get back in the ring, and I'm looking to get better, and time's on my side, and uh, I'm just looking forward to my next fight. After all that nonsense, he was talking about Javante Davis earlier on uh, Instagram and things like that. Um, Yeah, I'm pretty sure after he got that left hand straight from a guy like Carlos Morales that got him stunned, he don't want no smoke with Javante Davis. Ryan Garcia is a flash in the pan. Justin Bieber of boxing. Could he get better? Sure, he can get better. He's got some natural talent when it comes to hand speed, a little bit of pop to him, size, uh, popularity. He could definitely do some things, and especially if he gets better, he could be a big name in the sport. Um, you know, I know a lot of uh, females I follow on Instagram when it comes to, uh, you know, fitness models and things like that down in Los Angeles based, uh, Nikki Jow. Um, I, I can't just name them all off top right now. Um, but I noticed that when I see Ryan Garcia's posts, I'll see one or two or three of them liking his stuff. So I know he has the hoes following and, um, he definitely can be a commodity. I feel it all the way knows that. So, um, I'm not a fan of the guy per se. I don't know why Willa calls him our guy. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's definitely something, someone to look for. Um, and what's going on in the future of boxing. But other than that, uh, I'm not so sure how much people actually – that's one thing I didn't uh, look for, which I should have did, was to see the numbers on how many people was actually watching live um, on Facebook because the the, the numbers – I mean, this is something that we talked about earlier with De La Hoya um, having four fights that are going to be on uh, Facebook. And this is one of them that he put out because he obviously wants to put out his biggest names he has. Um, there was speculation that they would put Canelo Triple G on Facebook um, to make a big splash. But we'll talk a little bit about later why that will not be the case. But nonetheless, I want to see, I would like to check on to see how much, uh, I'll probably look on that as Willa breaks down his part of the fight to see how many people were actually watching on Facebook Live. Because as we know from uh, the Logan Paul KSI deal that happened for YouTube, there's definitely different ways of getting people to put viewership onto your uh, boxing event other than the old traditional uh, Showtime or HBO. But Willa, on this Ryan Garcia, your guy on his performance last night, and uh, I don't know if you've seen what I was talking about, about the face-off where he puts his hands on Carlos Morales for that push too. I mean, what a joke. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Go ahead, Willie. Your thoughts on this? Well, I thought our guy did all right. I think uh, as a young man in Your here, guy. he fought a guy that fought a guy that had uh, like two losses, I think. So this guy was all right. You know, he wasn't just he wasn't the worst of the worst. I think he was seventeen and two, and he was a grown man. And at twenty years old, you know, even though he is a man, he isn't a grown man yet. And like uh. And so, so he got a little humbled yesterday, even though he still whooped that guy last night. What was his name? Morales, I think his last name. He still gave him that work, but at, it got a little yeah, close. He got, yeah, he got caught. You know, he felt some grown man power. He didn't like it that yep. much, but but he didn't go down. And he and he 
continued to work, and it got a little closer at the end, you know. And I think he yep, figured yep. that out, and that's and that's why when I think when they, I think he was humbled a little bit last night, man, which I I think might be a good thing, and that's why when they said something about the, uh, Javante Davis, he really didn't, you know, he really didn't, he really wasn't speaking the same. Also, that I'm sure Oscar was in his ear with the whole, you know, they were supposed to spar, oh, and yeah. it never did happen. You know, I'm sure Oscar was in his ear about that, and. When he felt that, he's like, you know, I, I might need a little more time. So we might even see him take a step back, you know, uh, at 20 years old. Like he said, he's he's got a lot of time to go. He needs to just, you know, maybe slow down a little bit and get a little stronger because, you yep. know, he's fighting grown men in here. He gets hit a lot. He needs to work on his D. Now, that, even from the last fight where he beat up that uh, beat up that guy, he was getting hit. He gets hit a lot. And when you're yeah. not, when you're not a full grown man, getting hit by men a lot isn't really tough, isn't really that good. You know, some can do it, but you know. So he looked good. He, I mean, he didn't look bad. He didn't look that good last night. I give him a probably a C plus, a B. And, but uh, Willa, you just, know, that's just what, to, just to throw this in real quick, not to break you off or cut you off or anything, but so you could uh, also top on it too. Uh, his uh, viewership that was on Facebook Live yesterday was at 2,194,000 views. So, 2 million. That's a 2 million number, views, man. man. So, exa- yeah. And so, that, I might give him a C minus. He had that many people watching, and that's what he did. He didn't really, you know, <sighs> yeah, that was a lot of people. But that just lets you know. I think uh, who was it? Somebody, I don't know. They were talking about social media and all that. Doesn't matter. That was, yeah, King Mo when we had him on. How he's saying social media doesn't matter. Oh, Nobody yeah, cares. Yeah. You know, they might not care about it, but it really matters. And the guys that do care about it, as we see, you know, he's doing two million views. Um, uh, those KSI and that uh, Lee and Paul or Logan, well, Logan Paul, whatever his name is. They yeah, doing uh getting like 150 million or something crazy like that, you know, you know. So, hey, much love to our guy, the real Garcia, Ryan Garcia. Um, he's got work to do. He knows it. We know it. But he's got time. Like you said, time is on his side. So, just 20 years old. In three years, he'll be 23, and that's when I think he really needs to be pushing. I think he's got a long way to go. Yeah, he definitely does. And he does get hit too much, as you mentioned. And I like the way you put that he got humbled a little bit with some of that grown manpower that he probably hasn't felt ever in his life before uh, when that straight came down the pipe. Because, you know, that, where where that straight hit him, you know, that could uh, that could definitely offset you. It could, uh, it could be alarming uh, to catch it right down the pipe, right in the nose like he did. Because as we've seen um, in the Vasil Lomachenko, Jorge Linares fight, it was a similar straight that had him go down for the first time in his career. It just depends on which part of the pipe it comes down and where it lands. But he definitely looked up at the lights for a second and uh, got had some spaghetti legs, and that's always something to uh, be cautious about when you see how a fighter reacts to being in uh, a little bit of danger. But, um, you know, he uh, got to the mid-level of the pool and then got right back out. He was never in uh, deep water for too long. So, um, but two million uh, one hundred and ninety-four thousand 
of a viewership on Facebook Live. He definitely has a fan base, um, and and he's not one of the uh, traditional Mexican fighters in the sense of that he is more of a, a, a Mexican than an American because he's the opposite of that. And when you're the opposite of that, you kind of lose a little bit of extra following from the Mexican fan base who um, primarily speaks Spanish, who won't rock with you as much as if you're a guy who, you know, says Yumbo Yak instead of Jumbo Jack. No racist, hashtag no racist, just saying and being honest. And you motherfuckers out there know what I'm talking about. So don't act like this is some bullshit I'm making up. But simple fact of the matter is he has that kind of a following where, um, you know, like Oscar De La Hoya said in his career, um, you know, um, the hardcore Mexican fan base was not a fan of Oscar De La Hoya because he, they looked at him like an American. And I think that Ryan Garcia has a similar viewership when or, or uh, viewing from the outside perspective that he is more American than Mexican because I, I could be wrong, but I've never seen him speak Spanish in his life. Um, and I know he's uh, uh, had a, I can't remember the, the gentleman's name, but the, uh, uh, the uh, translator for ESPN, which they did the face-off for, um, I know uh, he's on ESPN Deportes and um, – I'm just not so sure if they ever had Ryan Garcia on any kind of a uh, lingo of the the Mexican language and and, and trend into that fan that fan base which you know has a big portion of uh, pay per view buys when it comes to like Canelo fights and things of that nature when the Mexicans fight Floyd Mayweather like Marquez um, or all that so uh, he's doing fine with the uh, American base more than the Mexican base right now um, but you know. We'll see how he, his career turns out because he definitely gets hit too much, but um, he relies on that speed more than anything. And as we've seen yesterday when he got in danger, he relied on his physical attributes of being a quick counterpuncher that just didn't work. You could, be, you could be, you know, the flash, but when you're talking about being in the sixth round of a fight, um, you know, your speed's not going to be as fast as it was when you first got in on the ring. So, um but nonetheless, kudos to him. I'll give him a C on his performance because he was in there with a um, not much of a, a a dangerous threat, but a live opponent at the end of the day. He wasn't a dead dog in the water like some of the opponents Ryan Garcia has been facing on ESPN. So levels comps going up, and as we've seen, he got taken into the mid-level of the water yesterday for a quick second. So he's going to have to work on that a little bit. But um, <clears throat> moving along, the uh, – Episodic 24-7 series started, um, I believe, Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday when it came off. But um might have been Tuesday, one of the two. Um, I just know because I was uh, paying attention to the uh, to the uh, Hard Knocks that comes on HBO also, uh, Tuesdays at 10 p.m. involving the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and they were uh, kind of promoting a, a little quick promotional deal before they actually had it come on. And it uh, – it got me interested a little bit in this fight because I'm um, <clears throat> not to poo-poo on the fight. I've been trying not to poo-poo on this fight for years now because the whole build-up to making this fight happen and when it actually happened and then when we had the result and then when we had the rematch and then when we had it being canceled because of Clambuteral and then here we are today. Um, I wouldn't do it any justice if I'm over here talking about this is a fight between two glorified B-level fighters 
in which I feel like. But um, at the end of the day, this is boxing, and they are two good fighters who should put on a, a really good eventful fight when it comes to stylistically the way these two go. Um, but on the 24-7 series, uh, one thing that kind of caught my eye was, uh, you know, Chepo and his son. I forget his son's name. Um, but we know, you know, Chepo Reynoso um, for a while now because Canelo has been with this guy since he was, you know, a kid. And we see this in boxing. Uh, Miguel Cotto had uh, his uncle training him for a while before he had to switch it up from taking some L's. Um, you know, Floyd being with uh, his dad, then going with Roger, then back with his dad. Um, sometimes you, you, you fighters, now for Floyd it's different because uh, I think Floyd Sr. is a, a good trainer. Um, but for Roger, maybe not, even though Roger was one of the most entertaining <laughs> boxing trainers in the game. You just got out box that motherfucker. <laughs> Maybe that's what Canelo needs for his fight coming up with Golovkin because the way they put it simply was, uh, I'm going verbatim here, but they said that Golovkin is pretty much a donkey who just comes forward and throws rocks. When Canelo's the boxer, and they said, to be honest with you, we don't really have much to work on when it comes to preparation for this fight. Making it seem like Golovkin's an easy victory when you get your your head right, you uh, get your gas tank filled up, and do what you got to do against a guy like Golovkin. Because Golovkin is persistent and he has a good chin, but uh, to rely on a, a solid chin to win fights, uh, it's not a recipe for uh, great success if you're fighting a really good fighter who, you know, possibly has a chance to knock you out. I don't think Canelo's power is on that level, but, you know, there's always a possibility that Canelo can uh, put a good hit on somebody. He's a, I think uh, one of the things I like about Canelo is uh, the body work that he does at times because he puts some pretty good meat hooks in there. Um, now, they've looked really good against guys like Liam Smith, uh, who I guess you could give a little more credit to now after his uh, dog fight that he had with young bull Jaime Munguia, um for hanging in there as long as he could. I mean... Tough customer, tough customer. He also mentioned that Jaime Munguia, you know, did not punch as hard as Canelo when a lot of people are thinking Jaime Munguia is one of his devastating punchers right now in a division that he's a little too big for, to be honest with you. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, I like Canelo's body work that he does, and I think maybe he should uh, try to open up Golovkin a little more because, as we all know, Willow was in the building. Seattle Sign won't stop mentioning it when you talk about Golovkin and the fact that Danny Jacobs barbecued his ribs that night. I mean, I wouldn't – I mean, if I seen Danny Jacobs do that kind of work to his, to his body, I'm Canelo, and you, you throw meat hooks anyways, you might as well just chop that motherfucker down. But the thing about body shots is when you go to the body, you're always susceptible for a punch on the top. Maybe Canelo knows that and doesn't want to take that kind of a risk. But, um, you know, it's it's getting a little personal. I don't know if it's real personal or this is better stage personal uh, for this fight, but it seems like the respect factor is thrown out the window by both sides. Um, before Canelo had got suspended for Clambuterol, he was on Instagram putting on his story, you know, I'm going to knock you out, bitch, in English. Uh, there was none of that the first time. No, none of that the first go-around. 
um, you know, Golovkin says they're not friends no more. <laughs> no new friends for Gennady Golovkin. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I like this a lot more than them two playing Rock'em Sock'em Robots with Max Kellerman where you had Mayweather McGregor happening two weeks before talking all kinds of shit, making waves. And then you had Golovkin Canelo playing Rock'em Sock'em Robots like some boring fucking uh, um, private school event that was going on or something like that. So, uh, Willa, I want to take it to you and uh, ask you first if you've seen the 24-7 episode that came out. Uh, and uh, what are your comments on on these things that were said by Chepo and uh, his son? Because it seems like, I mean, I take it as this is not much of a challenge for us to get a win in this rematch. This is going to be, we just got to box him and, and, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to take advantage of a, a fighter like Golovkin who really doesn't have much to offer other than coming forward and, and, uh, letting them dogs go, so to speak. Well, I didn't watch the whole thing. Um, I might've watched the first 10 minutes of it. So I just saw them talking, talking shit about each other. And, uh, just saying how personal it, it really was, how they didn't like each other, and how, you know, Triple G was, you know, saying that if you're down with Canelo, you're a swindler, and all this stuff. So, you know, I did see that, but then I, I didn't watch the whole thing, so I didn't, I don't, I don't, I didn't hear the comments you're talking about. But as far as the, as far as the build up, they're doing a good job, like you said. Uh, that 24/7, it gets you hype. It gets you one to uh, do the fight, so it's uh, watch the fight, so it's doing a good job as what it, what it's supposed to be doing. Um, yeah, man. I don't really know what That's to say. Crazy. I think, yeah, I think that Canelo Canelo does look very confident, but Triple G looks pissed off. So I think this is going to be a good fight. I think it's going to be a real good fight. Well, uh, I don't know. Where you plan on watching it, but we could uh, we could just uh, kind of transition to the topic that I had after this for this sim- for the same fight. I almost lost my shit when I seen a post on Twitter saying that Golden Boy Promotions was going to charge eighty four ninety nine for this fight. Now, if you didn't think that Golovkin was cashing out, or or if someone was cashing out before, you might think so now with a pay-per-view of that cost. Now, Oscar De La Hoya has been on record saying this is the biggest rematch in history and this is the fight of the year and all that. Even though even though I'd argue that uh, Oscar Valdez, Scott Quigg, uh, Deontay Wilder, Luis Ortiz was the best fights of the year up to this point. Um but yeah, I mean, I guess by the uh, by the uh, popularity of both fighters, this is the most popular fight of the year. Um, you know, you could say that. I guess going to tell us that this is the best rematch ever, and this is the fight of the year, and blah 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 blah. Eighty four ninety nine. Now, um, it might affect what I do for that night because. I might want to go to my partner's house and watch it on the, you know, on the, um, on the projector, the big screen, whatever. Um, but if I just chill here at the house and watch it, it doesn't bother me that much. I'll probably pay like $30 for the pay-per-view, but 
um, because of the deal I got. But uh, I'm thinking about it, and I always bring, I always try to look at it from the outside perspective, Willa. Like when I talk about uh, the zone, uh, ESPN Plus, and all that other stuff, because we do have that special app where we don't have to pay anything to watch these events. But I just look at it from the listener standpoint, who people who don't have this deal like we have, this hookup that we have, uh, and 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 for them, eighty four ninety nine for Golovkin Canelo rematch. Now, I, I'm pretty sure that's official. I would put a, a ninety nine point seven percent stamp on it being official that it will be eighty four ninety nine because of the link and uh, handle that I've seen from was a, a credible. Uh, credible source, but eighty four ninety nine for this fight coming up, Willa, is that too damn high, or just about right for the rematch of the, the fight of the year? I guess you could call it. Man, you know, I want to say it's too high. It's not like I'm not gonna pay it and watch it. Um, so. Yeah, it it is too high. I think they're trying to get us, but this is a fight that they can't get us on, so they're taking advantage of it. So they're going to make a lot of money. So I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it, but, yeah. When you when I when I saw, I think you texted that to me. I was like, God damn, that's a lot of money. But <laughs> how much was the uh, – what was the Pacquiao uh, Mayweather? $100. Oh, $100, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that was a hundred, uh, and I think I paid more than that to watch it, watch it on the uh, on the screen at the at the fight. I mean, in Las Vegas, watch it on the screen somewhere else. So I think I paid more than that to watch that fight. So you know, eighty nine. Oh yeah. You know, it ain't that bad. You know, this is this is a fight where you can tell tell your partners everybody bring ten. And hopefully ten people pop up. That's a hundred dollars you done made ten. So it'll be all right. Oh yeah, for sure. That could always work. You know, if you have a bigger house and you know you could lower that down to five dollars per head or something like that. And you know you'll get that money. You'll get that money. But you know, I mean, if you look at it like from the standpoint of the Mayweather Pacquiao that it happened, like it's only fifteen bucks more than eighty four ninety nine. But it's you know. It's 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 a lot more conveniently so from the uh, from the regularly you know I think sixty five dollars I believe it goes for off regular but man um, I just don't like how Oscar wants to put it to eighty four ninety nine when last year when the fight happened he said I'm not gonna rip the boxing people the boxing fans off Floyd and McGregor's a joke for a hundred dollars I'm gonna do it the regular price fifty four ninety nine for the people. Now you want to boost it up to eighty four ninety nine? Like, I don't know, man. Just a just a little bit of, you know, which side of his mouth is he talking out of? Because you know he's we know Oscar. He likes to go both ways. <laughs> I'm sure he's going both ways. But uh, you know, um, eighty four ninety nine. It would leave a bad taste in my mouth. But I, I mean, I guess uh, if we haven't had that marquee fight of the year, and this is the fight of the year. You could put that on there and use that and um, and things of that nature, but I mean, I just think that even with that said, um, the way the first fight got canceled and boxing, you know, we had a fight for Cinco de Mayo this year, but I don't really count it as a fight for Cinco de Mayo because Bonas Matarotan got out there in two rounds against Golovkin, but 
um, it, it didn't seem like we had that. I don't know. It's, it, 2018 just can't hold a candle to 2017 in boxing. 2017 was, I mean, a huge year in boxing, starting off with Garcia Thurman. And, I mean, you know, um, you, you had so much good fights throughout the year. And, you know, finally got Canelo, Canelo Golovkin. You had the, the circus event of Mayweather and uh, McGregor. And just so many big fights that had happened last year. But this year has been a little bit of a downer. So, um, you know, I mean, fuck, even towards the end of the year, Lomachenko, Rigondeau, um, just a lot of fights that happened that we didn't think we'd get. And then 2018 has been really slow. So um, with the whole narrative of this being the fight of the year, that's why it's 84 um, I argue that it should be a little bit less because you left us hanging, Oscar. Uh, by the, the pay-per-view that should have been for Cinco de Mayo. You left the fans hanging, man. People were wondering, what the fuck are we going to do? Are we going to get a fight? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you had Billy Joe Saunders talking about he'll fight Golovkin, but just not on the Cinco de Mayo data a month later. And it's like, you know, what are you going to do? So um, I, I just look at it that way. Like, you know, maybe they should have probably left it the same, if not give us a, a discount on the fight because, you know, he left us hanging earlier in the year. And as as uh, two YouTubers have proven, you don't need to set a high price for pay-per-view to get people coming in. Um, you know what I mean? Imagine if he would have said, you know what, we'll do this fight for 40 bucks. Just do the math. How many more people would rather pay $40 than $84? Um, sure, there's going to be a lot of people that pay for $84.99, but at the same time, it's a lot of money for some other people. So, you know, we'll see how this whole event goes down. I think it makes it more interesting now for what numbers are going to be done for the fight. Um, because I thought that they, this fight would easily do over uh, 1.5, possibly. Uh, 2 million at the most, something like that. Um, being the over-under. But now I'm, I'm questioning if this fight even does a million views now. because of the Or a million pay-per-view buys now because of this new number. So, um, Willa, if you had a, a yes or no it, does this fight do over a million now? The, the new price range being eighty four ninety nine. Um, do you know how many it did last time? I think last time million. it did like one point four. I think it did one point four last time. But you know, numbers be a little misleading at times because there's like one point four, one point seven. You know, Oscar said over two million. So <laughs> you know, um. The numbers were a little swindled for sure, but it was over a million for sure last time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it'll be. If it was over a million last time, it'll probably. If it was 1.4, they'll probably do 1.1 this time. One million. I think they'll still do a million views. Uh, you know, this is a big fight. This is uh, two of the biggest names in boxing. Canelo is going to get you 800 thousand off the bat. So all all Triple G has to do is get you 400. So I think he'll probably do that. Uh maybe. So but yeah. I think they'll do a million with even with uh eighty would you say eighty four, eighty four ninety nine, even with that, yep. they'll definitely they'll definitely do a million. People are gonna pay. The people that are gonna pay last time are gonna pay this time. Another fifteen. Yeah. They do that. If it's, if they do a million per se, and the, the number is eighty four ninety nine, eighty five dollars, you're looking at a a profit of eighty five million for Golden Boy promotion. So um, 
we'll see how that all trickles down when it comes down, who gets what and all that good stuff. Um, luckily for Golovkin, he played hardball and it will be getting uh, 45 or 42% now, something like that. I forget what, what, what he's getting, but I know he's getting a lot more than he was getting last time. So kudos to him and uh, playing hardball with Oscar De La Hoya and, and, and that good stuff. But, um, you know, uh, we'll just see how it goes. I, 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 I like to see that fight. I'm, I'm, I'm really getting up for it, and uh, it just kind of goes down some funny, some funny directions for it all. Um, nonetheless, though, uh, I guess we could. Uh, you know what? We'll save Oscar for the end. We'll save Oscar for the end. Um, Sergey Kovalev. Who really thought he was going to sit around and try to pick up another fight before he got back in there with Elder Alvarez? Seems like Sergey Kovalev is exercising his rematch clause and wants to get it as soon as he possibly can. Now, I know that they're talking about December, but that raises the eyebrow a little bit for me because I thought that you're supposed to have a suspension for six months after getting knocked out, like the way he got knocked out especially. He got he got knocked out pretty hard. Um, nonetheless, though, main event and Kathy Duva mentioned that he wants to invoke his rematch clause and get back in there directly with Elder Alvarez, uh, which probably is a smart thing from a sense that, you know, you want to get your name back out there. You want to possibly get your belt back out there. Cause let's say if he takes two tune-ups, let's say Elder Alvarez loses the title to somebody else. Then you never get that get back with Alvarez and you might not ever get that belt back depending on who else mandatories would be for the new champion. If that being the case. Plus, you wouldn't make no money fighting against two warm-up guys. I mean, two two tune-up fights do absolutely nothing for Sergey Kovalev at this point in his career. Um, sad deal is is that HBO will not be picking it up, so we'll see what or who will pick this up and what where you can view this thing at. I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> It's come to it's come to that that part of Sergey Kovalev's career from being the boogeyman, the most avoided man, uh, all this that he had for the last couple of years to not being picked up by HBO. Um, kind of a sad story, but hey, that's that's life in boxing, man. That's the hurt business, and it's never forgiven. So, uh, Willa, your thoughts on on this whole debacle with Sergey Kovalev? If you were in his corner, would you advise him to get that rematch clause right away? Or how would you go about it, and what do you think uh, lies ahead for one Sergey Kovalev? Man, yeah, how the how the mighty has fallen, man. Um, looks like he'll probably be on like maybe Bounce TV or BET, something like that. So, who knows? Who knows where he's gonna fight? But oh, man. I'm sure I'm sure many people are telling him not to do it. And but as we know, Sergey does what Sergey wants, and you know, he's going out like that, you know, so you got to give him respect on that. He's just, he's going to do it his way, if, even if he goes out. So he's going to probably get knocked out again and uh, be done. And, and that'll be the end of, uh, of his reign. Um, nobody will, he'll, if he gets knocked out again, he'll go down. He won't go down as one of the top, top guys, uh, It'll just be another flash in the pan that didn't really do anything, man. So, you know, we'll see what happens, man. But 
I'm sure his team is telling him not to do it. I would advise him to take a take some time off and then come back, maybe get another tune up fight, man, get your get your skills right before you you know, go in there taking taking shots from a guy that wasn't knocking people out, I don't even think. So uh yeah, man. Yeah. Good good point. HBO don't want to see it. They've had enough. So hopefully it gets picked up by maybe Bounce or B E T. Uh, what's the other one? Spike. Yeah. Is it still Spike TV? Yeah. I don't know if yeah, Spike, Spike is maybe. still around. I don't know if that's still around, but I mean, it just sucks for Kovalev. I would say, you know, we'll reach out to Eddie Hearn and the zone, but now he's still under contract for main event. So not much he can do when they don't really do anything for their fighters as it is. You know what I mean? They're not doing a good job of promoting the fighters. So obviously they're not going to go out there and get them a good deal. You know, if Kathy Duba try to contact ESPN or something, they'd be like, get the fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, and not only would it be an RIP to the career of Sergey Kovalev, but for Kathy Duva and Nate Van in itself, all she would have would be young Dimitri Bivol and um, pretty much that fight promotional ran by the woman would seem to be all but done. Man. You taking the shot there? <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, hey, she had a good run, right? You know, maybe, maybe uh, you know, maybe uh, re- release Bebo of his contract, let him go somewhere as a free agent, and you know, maybe she could just make a cooking show or something on uh on YouTube or something. You know, uh, let's. The uh, Duva's duplex, I don't know, something like that, where she could do something more suitable for what women normally do instead of trying to run a boxing promotion. <laughs> hey man, hey, I'm not, I'm not sure about all that, man. Hey, to be hey. Gentleman, man. Hey, okay. All right. Speaking of which, I know, um, just real quick, a little side note I wanted to throw out there at you. Um, I seen on my Instagram yesterday, I seen a, 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 on Instagram yesterday a little comment that you had wrote to one of my comments on one Michaela Mayer. Now, I, it was the finger pointed up, as in you were saying number one that was, right? That's what I got from it. <laughs> no, it was a look at this guy. Hey, I thought you were out there like, what were you saying? Like, hey, I think you were like, hey, looking beautiful today or something crazy like that. Like, hey, I said that natural flight yeah. with a fire emoji, all right? Hey, that boy. There was no heart yeah, yeah. eye emojis. There was take no heart. Instagram. Like, yeah. Taking Instagram shots out here, dog. I was just pointing up like, hey, whatever. <laughs> Look at this guy up here. I thought you were putting number one like you agreed with me, but okay. You're, everybody point at this guy, huh? All right. I, I, I got it. That was something I was just wondering about yesterday. I was, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Will is always creeping around on Instagram somewhere. I got to always watch out for this guy, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got to keep an eye out for this guy, man. But um, yeah, moving along, moving along, moving along. Much love from Michaela Mayer, naturally slain as she do. Um, 
Yo, let's talk about some bullshit real quick as we're moving along with boxing news. Surprise, surprise, Boxing Ego posted on YouTube saying that Dillian White is most likely to be the favorite to face Anthony Joshua, not Deontay, next April, uh, I believe, when they have the uh, – I don't know if that one's at the O2. I, I think it is, but that's where they have the extra seating in which they kind of insinuated they'd have the extra seating for the big clash with Deontay Wilder. Still hopeful for. Hopefully this is just a little bit of smoke being thrown out there by Eddie Hearn and things like that because why the fuck would they want to have a rematch with Dillian White when they already sparked Dillian White out in five rounds? It might have been six when when uh, Joshua knocked him out. I mean, I I just don't get the U.K. fan base. Like, you know what I mean? I just don't understand it. I know that they're hardcore boxing fans and they, they love their boxing and things like this. And maybe it's the American in me, but why? I I don't like rematches as it is. When you knock someone out in a rematch, what's the point of the get back? I mean, look at Juan Manuel Marquez after he knocked out Manny Pacquiao. He said he could give me $100 million. I'll never fight him again. The glorification and the solidifying fact that you knocked him out. What more does someone want? It's like the guy that you beat up and just want to fight again when they're going to get beat up again and then want to fight again and get beat up again. And hopefully the 97th time that they fight you again, that they might get over one time. I I just don't understand this, man. You fucking, you know, (sighs) you English muffin eating teacup sipping faggot in the U.K., what is wrong with y'all, man? Why do you want to see this nonsense? Get over this shit. I, it's all, you know what it is, Willa? I'm just going to say it straight up for what it is. <laughs> what it is is this. It's their way of accepting not facing Deontay Wilder. Just fucking put it out there for what it is because that's what it, exactly what it is. Oh, it would be a great rematch. They had a great, no, you just don't want to fight Deontay Wilder. And after Deontay Wilder gets in the ring with one Tyson Fury, you know who else wouldn't be a pussy to get in the ring with him again? Luis Ortiz, because at least Ortiz did get knocked out, but he had Wilder and deep water in that fight. And it was probably my vote for fight of the year. If not that, uh, Scott Quigley and Oscar Valdez, those are my two fights of the year right now. Um, Other than that, this is just a complete sway move by, by Joshua, maybe hoping for Wilder to get old overnight, but it's not going to happen for another four years because Deontay Wilder is in really good shape. But this is just a joke, man. This is just a joke. I like Eddie Hearn sometimes, and sometimes I'm just like, fuck Eddie Hearn. I wouldn't give him the sweat off my ass if he was dying of thirst. I got no love for Eddie Hearn and some of these business decisions that he makes at times. I know he claims to be for the boxing fans and all this nonsense, but when it comes down to it, I wish we could give the motherfucker truth serum and put him on a lie detector test and ask him questions about the Wilder fight with AJ. Because I guarantee you, if you ask him if you want to make a fight with Deontay Wilder under the truth serum and lie detector test, that shit would probably blow up and he'd start spewing out the mouth why they don't want to fight Deontay Wilder. I don't care. I, I would love to hear some UK fans and AJ protectors try to tell me otherwise. But this whole, non, this whole idea of fighting Deontay White again... Is, is just the the UK pussies stay away from Deontay Wilder. There's no reason for this rematch to happen. <sighs> or am I just 
am I am I am I just out of left field completely wrong on this one? Willa, how do you feel about this this whole idea of rematching Dillian White with Anthony Joshua? Well, I think um Wilder has had enough with Anthony Joshua and this BS that's been going on, him and Eddie Hearn. Um I think the yep, guys came out and that. said that that they weren't they would not fight uh Joshua. They would fight him they wouldn't wait till April to fight him or they wouldn't fight him in April or something like that, which I think is when Joshua's trying to fight. Uh, I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but I think that's what what's going on. So uh they're you know, they're trying to find different ways to try to pull out this fight. Um because they know that once once he gets KO'd, it's over. You know, everybody's sick of it. And I know, I mean, it, it is right that people should be sick of it. But at the end of the day, you know, this is the cash cow. If they're making $20 million, they're not in any rush to fight Wilder. Any rush. If they're making $20 million, no matter if they can make 50, 50 60, uh, $60 million like um Eddie Hearns has come out and said something like he's now he thinks the fight would be a eighty million dollar fight or something like that. So, you know, they're making forty. He could have made forty, fifty million last time. They know that, but if they could fight people for twenty, twenty five, they'll do that for as long as they can because they know after this Wilder fight it could be all over. So, it doesn't surprise me um, that there's talks like that going around, but. You know, it is what it is when it's coming to all this money that could be made. So, are they hoes? Yes. Are they scared? Yes. But they do make a Mm -hmm. whole bunch of money. And that's what, you know, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. So, we'll see what happens. Hopefully they fight. I think a lot of pressure is on Joshua. He's getting... I think if you're a grown man, you can only take so much before you say, fuck it, we got to get it on. So, you know, we'll see what happens. No, definitely. Uh, I, I agree with you on the fact of that, that that they could make money, steal money from the Russians with Povetkin and all this stuff. You know, at the end of the day, Anthony Joshua might be playing chess while the rest of these guys are playing checkers. You know what I mean? So um, not to – go completely throwing shade at him and not and turn the cheek to the other side of the fact but you know <clears throat> it's just frustrating um, for us boxing fans when you want to see such a fight where right now is the perfect time for this fight and you know hey that's boxing man that's boxing we just got to deal with it sometimes um, it, it, it makes uh, all the more when two fighters say fuck it let's sign the dotted line and make this shit happen instead of Dana White being like alright you're going to fight this guy, bro, and you're going to make 2000 bucks. I'm going to pay you 1000 right now. I'll pay you the other two later. And um, You know what I mean? So it, it seems like more of a manly decision when two fighters say, let's do this, instead of when someone tells, you know, two guys to do this. Um, in the heavyweight division, staying with it. My guy, Tyson Adon, Gypsy King, Fury, came out and put out uh, Dan Rayfield's fat ass for his comments about Tyson Fury questioning the fact of, of him actually getting in the ring with Deontay Wilder now. Uh, went out and 
you know, questioned Dan Rayfield on Twitter saying, who told you that if you have such credible sources, being that he was second-guessing himself against Deontay Wilder. Now, Dan Rayfield, for those who don't know, was, I think, uh, middle of last year, maybe a little bit later than the middle of last year, uh, got caught on Twitter liking some 4K high-definition porn in which he liked. Because back in the Twitter days, two years ago, per se, you could like something, and it wouldn't be put on someone's timeline who follows you showing things you like. You only would show you things that you retweet. So you could retweet stuff, and, and that would be shown for everybody. And if you like stuff, that would kind of be on the under. No one would really know what you like, just what you retweet. But now it shows what you like and what you retweet. And Dan Rayfield, old Dan, old fucking donut finger Dan, got caught liking a porn site at 9.15 in the morning, need I mind you, which where he was on the clock for ESPN at work. Must be nice to be at work and get your, get your fancy tickled, I guess. But that's neither here nor there. Just want to put that out there for Dan Rayfield. He's the one who came out and said that this wasn't going to happen or was Tyson Fury was second-guessing himself. But Tyson Fury confirmed it's on like Donkey Kong because that's how real men do it. Says that he put his pen and put his pen to the pad. That he signed his end of the contract, and now it's up to Wilder to sign his end of the contract. Probably just uh, waiting for the official date and venue and things like that. Just uh, stringing out the rest of that stuff. I don't think it's any sort of need to go over the contract negotiations and things like that because Deontay Wilder is the A side in this fight and will be without him and dictating everything that goes along with this fight as far as venue and all that stuff. Tyson Fury has no problem with coming to the U.S. and uh, fighting Deontay Wilder, in which I thought that Deontay Wilder should go to the U.K. and fight him over there. But the Gypsy King pressed the issue saying that he'd come to America and beat Deontay Wilder just like he's done Klitschko in Germany. So um, no need to fear, boxing fans, for another fighter from the U.K. who is staying away, whose name rhymes with A-Gay. You got the Don Tyson Fury saying, it's on like Donkey Kong. He will be in the ring with Deontay Wilder this year, and you could bank on that. No, well, I was excited when I seen this because when you had first told me about Dan Rayfield's report saying that he was second-guessing himself, I was like, oh, God. This is why Deontay needs to fight Fury immediately because you never know when Fury's going to go on his Tyson Montana and would not be available for a fight. So I was real relieved when I seen this happen, when when I seen Tyson Fury come out and say that this fight was happening. Well, <laughs> uh, I'm sure the same could be said for yourself, right? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I wasn't. I was. Uh, I was glad that it came out. That he came out and said it. Hopefully, they'll set the time and the date this week. I think that's what they were saying. But we've heard that for. We've heard next week for a while. But we know that they have a place already because Deontay Wilder almost said it after the after the Fury fight. So hopefully, they get it done, get everything ironed out, which I, I'm pretty sure they will. And um, uh, we'll be able to see another huge fight. 
you know, to end the year off. So we got your boy, your boy about to fight. Uh, we got the fight next week. And then we got the heavyweight fight to end the year. Oh, yeah. I think that, you know, that's a good way to end the year. Uh, on oh, yeah, Friday, sure. you on under fight coming up. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. Some pretty good fights. Yeah, those guys have been having a lot of fun in the press conference. Andrade, or Andre, I'm sorry, Andre, how it's pronounced, and uh, and Saunders. But you're going to have your hands full on Wednesday because you got the preview show coming up for which will probably be the best fight in the welterweight division this year and Danny Garcia and Sean Porter. So, a whole lot going on this weekend coming up. Um, but before we wrap up out of here, just want to touch on one little topic real quick. Your guy, Oscar De La Hoya, the guy you, you, you've claimed to be the GOAT of Mexican boxing, Oscar De La Hoya. You know, I, I'm not one of those guys when I see fighters, I'll ask them a quick hot take on boxing. I'm more of the talk about anything else besides boxing to get them to open up because I'm pretty sure they're tired of talking about boxing and, and when it comes to the same questions that they heard and just reiterating an answer that they've answered a million times already. But when it comes to Oscar De La Hoya, I bring up some old shit just like some normal people do or regular people do on the regular to Oscar De La Hoya. Uh, brought to his attention by a reporter who said Shane Mosley thought that if Oscar De La Hoya was in his prime, he would beat Floyd Mayweather when they had fought. And that's a fight that Oscar De La Hoya, you know, he just can never let go. He just can't get over it. Thinks he won. Thinks he set the blueprint for Floyd Mayweather. All that, all that. But he said that if he was in his prime, he would have knocked out Floyd Mayweather. No question. When I fought Floyd, it's no secret I was over the hill. I was a shadow of myself. But if he was, if he was in his prime, he would knock out Floyd Mayweather. Well, uh, your man is bugging. He can't let it go. But, I mean, if we're to think about it hypothetically, if Oscar De La Hoya was in his prime, does he stop pretty boy Floyd? Or is Oscar just, is just, just uh, the bitterness in him not? being able to let go of the fact that he cannot hold that L to Floyd Mayweather. Well, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, If he was five years younger, would he be that much bigger than Floyd? You know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, tangibles that go with, you know, being in their prime. What does that mean? If he was that big and was fighting like he was when he was 28 at that point, you know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, well, no, yeah, no, a little younger than that, younger than the fishnets, but (laughs) around then, you know, when he was at, when he was at his boxing prime, he wasn't that big. So would he, would he have beat the bigger Mayweather? You know, it just depends on what you're talking about. So, Hey, I, I I feel him like what he did. You know, he gave uh, Floyd a, a all right fight. You know, he lost, but and, but he gave him an all right fight. So he feels that if he had enough enough uh, 
uh, win to do that the whole time. He may could have did it and then, you know, just bullied him around and beat him up and all that. But he wouldn't have been that big if he was if he was younger. So I don't know. I don't know if that works out for him. But I know that that hurt him deep. You know, now this guy gets to talk all this shit forever. And that's what happens in boxing, man. You know, this is a game where when you fight, you fight. So it doesn't matter if you're in your prime or if you're not. He's one up on you. And it does you know, all that it doesn't matter. Y'all fought. So Yeah. Hate to say it, man. Sounds like you're buying into it. Yeah, it sounds like you're buying into it a little bit. I mean, he was just bigger, you know, so it just it just all depends. Like if he's saying, you know, there's ways that he could have won if if everything lines up correctly, you know, at that point in time, if he was in perfect shape where he can just throw and try to bully Floyd around 12 rounds, he might have a better chance. He might have could be he might have could beat him, but you know, in his prime he wasn't that big, so he couldn't really do that. You know, it wasn't the same Oscar De La Hoya like he said. So, I don't know. If they were just prime for prime, I don't think he beats Floyd Mayweather. But it'll be a good fight. He's still my guy. I don't think he's the best ever. He's just the king. Yeah, the lay off the best. fucking, lay off the cocaine, Oscar. Just let it go. Hold your L. Yeah, he's just to let it go. Nonsense. Yeah, they fought, man. <laughs> Once you fight, you just, it is what it is. You know, if I was younger, if I was that, it don't matter. You got beat up. Yeah, it's just, it's just that old, it's that bitter veteran, you know, type of thing. I'm sure, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not so sure you hear a lot of uh, Atlanta Falcons defensive players saying, oh, if we did this different, Tom Brady would have never came back on us 20, 28 to 3 with three minutes to go in the third quarter in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, for the most part, it's, I'm not going to single out Oscar because I know there's fighters who think a lot of a lot of fighters ha- that actually have the same type of feeling when it comes to, you know, holding the L. It just can't take sometimes. But it seems like Oscar's been talking this shit about Floyd Mayweather. I mean, when did that fight happen? Like in, like in 2000 and Six maybe two thousand seven something like that. I mean, it, 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 it's arguable that he's been talking about this shit for ten years now. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, now, uh, okay, I'm not gonna be all the way hypocritical because I got as I was talking about how hype I was for the for the Miami game this week. Um, one of my partners is Ohio State fan, and I'll never let him forget. That that was a bullshit pass interference call in 2003 of the Fiesta Bowl in a national championship game, where Miami got screwed over by the one of the worst calls in officiating history, and that's damn near 18 years ago, almost 20 years ago. But I never let it go. So I guess maybe I shouldn't be so harsh on Oscar De La Hoya when I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I mean. You shouldn't be, man. I think you and De La Hoya live a life that's probably very similar. If we if we pull back the curtain, that's probably probably some fishnets back there somewhere. I ain't got no, <laughs> I ain't got no fishnets. I ain't doing nothing like Oscar De La Hoya's wild ass. Some kind of some kind of netting's probably back there, though. Hey, 
But hey, like I say, man, do your thing, dog. Freaks are free. <laughs> and then ladies, you know. <laughs> you know. Uh, we out there experiencing. That's when you know it's time to wrap up the show, folks. <laughs> um, well, uh, I'm getting ready to. Uh, I'm about to hop in the shower, get all oh, get all cleansed up, and get ready for this football starting up. Probably barbecue or something. It's still kind of hot out right now, about 90 degrees over here. So I might just hop in the pool and uh, you know see what's good over here. But um, what you got planned for the rest of the Sunday before we get out of here, man? And um, I mean. We got two games today. I think uh, the Miami LSU game, and then you got Florida State and the Virginia Tech. I think so. Yeah, might be some good action coming up for the rest of the day. I know the first game, the Miami game, it won't be it won't be entertaining for everybody else because it's gonna be a blowout. So you know, which should be a good game though. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think uh, probably you know head to my parents' house and chill, relax for the holiday. Uh, the, well, celebrate the holiday and just chill, man. Yep, nothing, nothing much. We got rain delay out here, a lot of rain, so everybody's just chilling. Damn, must be nice. I, I, I'm not a fan of the rain, but I haven't seen the rain for a while. I wouldn't be mad at it. But, anyways, like I said, folks, we're gonna wrap this one up and get out of here. Make sure y'all come and join us on Wednesday because it'll be a big preview show that Willow will have for the welterweight fight of the year with Danny Garcia. And uh, Showtime, Sean Porter. So it should be interesting when it comes to uh, face-offs and weigh-ins. And not only that, but some of the comments that Angel Garcia has been making about Sean Porter and PED use and things like that. So we'll bring it all up on Wednesday's show. And uh, that will be at 7 o'clock Pacific time, 9 p.m. Central. But up until then, I'm R.C. from Central California. This was Willa from Houston, Texas. We are the Outsiders Boxing Podcast, and we'll be back to y'all sooner rather than later. But as of right now, it's football time, and we out. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the time.